Ladies and gentlemen, episode 40 of Star Wars Tonight is brought to you by Geek Fuel. They ship out a mystery box for geeks and gamers and Star Wars fans just like you each and every month. Make sure you go get your free bonus Star Wars item with your first box. At least $10 value. Go to geekfuel.com slash Star Wars Report. That's geekfuel.com slash Star Wars Report. Coming up on Star Wars tonight, Michael Giacchino de- details. We get Giacchino, Giacchino, uh, whatever. He's he's music and stuff. It starts now. I can't speak. I'm just embarrassed at this point. I lost all energy, guys. I'm sorry. I feel like I don't know. Uh, hey, we not. Is it? Tell me, Scott Rifen, how do you pronounce the last name? Uh, well, yeah, I've heard uh, Giacchino and Giacchino, and I can't remember. I would go with whatever David Collins says, but yes. I can't remember what he said. Exactly. That voice, that uh, that illustrious voice, is the voice of Scott Rifen, host of Straight Talk, I'm, co-host I'm of Beyond the Vote, and host of My Star Wars Story. He has a point to make. Hot take, go. I'm just going to say, I, I said David Collins. I didn't mean that. I meant Ben Collins' father. Sorry. Ben, wait, what? Ben Collins? Yeah. That, oh, yes, of course. Big congratulations. Yep. Uh, a new addition to the Star Wars uh, Star Wars podcasting community yep. uh, of sorts. Uh, yep, yep. Coming up, uh, by the way, a podcast coming up soon to my Star Wars story. Uh, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. You've uh, you've reached Star Wars tonight. Whether you've stumbled across our live stream at facebook.com slash Star Wars Report, whether you've stumbled across our iTunes feed, or whether uh, someone introduced you uh, Thanksgiving Day to this podcast, which, by the way, if that happens, email us, starwarstonight at gmail.com, because I want to know. I You know, when politics comes up at the family Thanksgiving uh, dinner table, just here's, I'm, I'm here for you. All you got to say is, Hey, uh, you like Star Wars? There's a Star Wars Tonight podcast. It's pretty cool. And that, boom, you just shift the subject. There you go. You're welcome. Uh, from us here at Star Wars Tonight to you. Uh, and no. relatively politics-free. Yeah, w- relative. although I make no guarantees with today's co-host. No. Um, now, I will say this. This is, this is uh, I literally just made this up uh, yesterday when Brian Brushwood was on the program. Uh, we were in the pre-show, and I was kind of telling him a little bit about what we do because he wasn't really part of this last year. So I was like, you know, this is basically the mission is to kill a commute talking Star Wars. And that's what we do. And that's uh, that's you found us. And uh, welcome. Welcome to Star Wars tonight. Uh, episode 40. We're over the hill. I'm very excited. And we have so much to talk about uh, today, particularly uh, the main story with the um, the titular character of today's podcast, a word I do like to say from time to time. Um, uh, Michael, it's Giacchino, I remember now. I be- that that's how that's how Mr. Collins pronounces it. That's how Bobby Roberts pronounces it. That's how that's how the majority of people who I think might have an idea of how to pronounce things pronounce it. So we're sticking with House Rules Giacchino. I will I will abruptly fail at this for sure. But but that's what we're starting with right now. Um, all right, so let's talk about it. Uh, you know what? I feel like we need a a, a cleanser. We need a little transition here. So we're talking about it in the news. It's Laura Sanjacoma. Data have good news. Data brought to us by the Botany spies. Can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. That's right. Uh, new piece in AV Club highlights uh, Michael Giacchino talking about scoring Rogue One, a Star Wars story, in uh, not not six weeks, not two months, no, four weeks. 
Whoo! To score Rogue One. Uh, I'm jumping straight to the piece. Uh, of course, a few months ago, this is according to, and I always like to give it, we, we do so much of uh, the show talking about some great uh, entertainment journalism. Uh, so uh, shout out to uh, Sam uh, Bersanti over at AV Club who wrote up this piece because uh, he says, a few months ago, some reshoots on Rogue One, a Star Wars story, for, forced the original composer, Alexandre Zisbla, <laughs> to drop out of the film uh, with up composer Michael Giacchino, uh, Giacchino, uh, Giacchino to replace him. Uh, coming in at Laura last San Giacomo. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now, he's had, he had four and a half weeks to write the whole thing, which took up time he was originally going to use on vacation after working on Doctor, both Doctor Strange and Spider-Man Homecoming. Talk about a pretty, uh, pretty A-list uh, list of scores. By the way, that Doctor Strange soundtrack, uh, that's, as, as, as we like to say here in the millennial generation, Scott, it's fire. It's absolute fire. Wait a minute! You say it's fire? It's fire. I did not know that. That's what well, I'm here for you, man. Like I'm, I am, I'm your cultural <laughs> translator. You're my touchstone. Thank you. You're welcome. I would never have gotten that. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, no, four and a half weeks total uh, to produce the music for a Star Wars movie. Although, how could you turn it down? Uh, as for the music itself, uh, Giacchino uh, says he's focused on the movie's emotions rather than what kind of music needed to go where. Interesting. I have a whole thought on that. We'll, we'll, we'll jump back to that in a second. I uh, explains that Rogue One is, quote, like a really great World War II movie, but with huge heart at the center of it. Uh, and this is all an interview with Entertainment Weekly, by the way. So you know what? I'm willing to bet I know who the author of this original piece is. Yeah. Hey, wait for it. I'm the, the Google Chrome buddy- page is loading right now. Uh, is by Anthony Bresnikan. Yep. That's right. I literally like half the stories we talk about on this show, more than half are just like Anthony Bresnikan pieces because he's Who, like, by the, the way, was on my Star Wars story. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Um, you can absolutely find him there. So, you know what? I appreciate AV Club, but I'm going to the source. You know how this stuff works, man. Like I see a link oh. to the story that linked to the story that linked to the story. Oh, and don't think Brez doesn't hate that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't think he doesn't hate that because he do- it drives him nuts when people go, you know, people write an entire article that is nothing but about your article and then don't attribute it. Yeah. Well, at least AV that Club had the courtesy. Crazy. Well, and the problem is, is that if, when they, they and they'll even throw in the link sometimes. But as someone who occasionally does some uh, written reporting as well, they'll link to what your piece is, but only at the very bottom of the post. Although I will say this to Entertainment Weekly, this guy gets not a fan of that autoplay uh, ad that you just heard in the background, but that has nothing to do with Anthony ah. Presnikin. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, let's jump to the piece to to the actual Bresnikin piece. So yeah, in between, it, it's a it's a full fledged uh, interview, and. Uh, I want to. There's a couple items here that I want to highlight and get your thoughts on specifically, um, specifically on the music process. I want to talk about. So, when when Giacchino is talking about, wait, hmm? wait, wait. Uh oh, I've pulled up a clip. Oh, we got a clip. We've got a. We got a clip. We got a clip. We got a clip. Hang on. All right, here we go. This is going to be difficult. This is David Collins. You ready? All right. I, when someone asked me years ago, you know, if John Williams stops doing the Star Wars movies, who's going to take it over? And my first thought was, well, probably Michael Giacchino. Mm. 
or Giacchino Chino. <laughs> From Rebel Force Radio. So it's bless actually Giacchino. Uh, bless you. Um, yeah. <laughs> That was coming at some point in this show. Yeah. That was <laughs> that. That's the uh, that's the official David Collins who's met the guy pronunciation Giacchino. Yeah. So as for the music <laughs> itself, focused <laughs> focused on the movie's emotions rather than what kind of music needs to go where. I think that says something. What do you think it says, Mister Rifen? I. You know what I think it says? I think it says Hans Zimmer. <laughs> You sit like and as that's a, a little disappointing to me. What like focusing on the emotions instead of what music needs to go where? Well, it's a lot of film scores today, and Michael Giacchino has been one of those guys who's kind of broken free from that mold. Thank goodness. But uh, the Hans Zimmer school is out there, and it's and it's not melodic music. It's very rhythmic and very kind of tone poemy. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's all mood and not melody. And that's what I think of when when that description's thrown at me. That's what I think. I think of the Dark Knight score, um, which you know it's fine the first time, but the 80th time I'm not really in love with it. I I want melody. I want, you know, it, it's funny because when you and I and, and uh, Collins Ben Collins's father uh, were together at Disney World <laughs> this past summer, uh, we were having discussions about scores and that kind of thing. And one of the things I pointed out to him was he said on, on an episode of Oxygen, you know, that uh, somebody was criticizing the Force Awakens score. And he said, well, you know, it's not supposed to be a pop album. And I kind of disagreed with him because the Star Wars, the original Star Wars soundtrack album is a pop album. It is full of very catchy melodies. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's it's got the broad spectrum of all the different types of catchy melodies you'll have. It's got the marches and it's got the, you know, the, the what would be a ballad on a pop album and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah, I feel like these things should be pop albums with wonderful hooks and melodies and that kind of thing and not that. Hmm. Yeah. But that's just me. Well, I read it the exact opposite way, uh, which I think <laughs> is a good thing. <laughs> well, and that's because, you know what, this is a, th- that sentence uh, to me is a direct reaction to the, uh, Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe uh, kind of viral critique video that went around talking about how bland Marvel music tends to be. And it kind of encompasses a lot of other superhero music from the kind of past slate of films. And basically, it's a critique of temp scoring and using temp scoring, which just kind of turns into bland pseudo themes that never come to the top of the sound mix that are always remained buried under the bottom. And there are very rare moments in like when they say hum the Captain America theme from the new thing. And like I can because I'm a giant music nerd. But like on the street, you ha- they, he does this experiment of asking people to hum uh, superhero movies. He said, all right, well, name the, the 1980s Batman theme. They've got it. All right, hum yep. the Star Wars themes. They've got it. Uh, so it's it's basically his the thesis of the video was that operatic scoring of popular film is dead due to just the recycling of the same style of music, and it's all Hans Zimmer's fault. That's like the short TLDR version of the video. Yeah, the, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll go with that. Yeah, I think you should. Uh, let me. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a link to it, Scott, because I think there's a lot that it's very revealing. Where it uses very specific moments in films where temp score from one superhero movie uh, or action movie is used, and then the f- other version uh, is, is just like a half a segment removed. 
Oh, wow. But, you know, the thing about that, too, the temp score is one thing. But, I mean, look, Star Wars was cut together with temp score. Everything's cut together with a temp score. It's the temp score you choose to use, I guess, that gives you the flavor. The other thing that I've heard it blamed on is the proliferation of electronic composing. Ah. And people people use the, the tools and voices that they, huh? Junkie XL. So he's the new part. He's basically the partner in crime. The co-composer of uh, Batman versus Superman did all the music for um, oh, what was the uh, desert movie that I can't remember. Uh, my brain. Desert movie. Uh, cars, desert, uh, machine cars, guns, desert. post-apocalyptic. Ah, uh, Mad Max. Thank you. Fury Road. Ding, 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 ding. My brain, man. I don't know what's going on here. It's uh, Thanksgiving. But- so, but he did that. Uh, that he he scored that film very much of a. That's like literally that's the soundtrack, and I love I I do love that music, but it man it's overplayed at this point. Mm. Um, and that's one thing I loved, by the way, that I felt about Doctor Strange. Uh, uh, that was different than a lot of previous because like I can hum the theme. I don't remember the theme. Uh, well, see, and and so it, but yeah. It's, but I had a bit of a harrowing experience when I saw Doctor Strange. That's true. That's true. As uh, chronicled so, yeah. on on, on uh, last week's uh, Star Wars report. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh. It was. Yeah. But I. I guess what I'm saying is, when he that sentence to oh. me, I bet you anything when he says instead of what kind of music needs to go where, that's code for I'm not locking to a temp. Oh, interesting. Okay, so you read that the exact opposite way. I hope you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, boy, and I, I hope I'm wrong. I do. I do too. Because like. Mm. They like that's the they like to be safe, man. Disney likes their formula, and man, it's a good formula. It's great movies, but yeah, it's yeah. Ugh. But let me let me tell you something about the return trip to Doctor Strange. Now, when okay. when last you and I spoke, yes, I was departing the bonus material for Star Wars Report to go back to the theater to see Doctor Strange. Yes, mm-hmm. because the power had blown and we'd gotten kicked out. Well, one of the things that was very much on my mind was the fact that I had spent $32 on snacks. Oh. Not not just me. I mean, the family, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought to myself, well, you know, fine, we get back in for free, but what about my 32 stinking dollars in snacks? <laughs> so when we left the theater, I told the wife, I said, I am taking this tub of popcorn and I'm putting it aside and I'm putting some saran wrap on it. And I'm putting the little Kit Kat thing aside and I'm putting my drink cup aside. Mm-hmm. And when we go back tonight, because I should not have to spend $32 on food for the same movie again, I am bringing all this stuff back. <laughs> <laughs> and if they want to try and stop me from bringing their food back to their theater, <laughs> let them try. This is the most Scott Rifen story ever. <laughs> <laughs> Did they let you it's, back in with it? <laughs> yes. Aha. Yes. They didn't even try to stop. Oh, I bet they didn't. I bet they didn't. That's not the most Scott Rifen story. Let me tell you the most Scott Rifen story. This is the the end Scott Rifen story. This is it. The last one. End of the line. All right. Uh, uh, The name of a great track from the Captain America 2 soundtrack. Sorry, go ahead. Correct. Um, When when back in the day when people used to still use cash. Yeah. um, People started using these pins. Have you seen the pins at the register? Uh, little markers. Pins? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. where they, they kind of start making sure your $20 bill isn't counterfeit. Yeah, so, you give them money, and then they eyeball you and mark your bill to see if it's fake. Yep. And then they take the money and put it in the register, and they give you a bunch of money back, but they don't care if it's fake. <laughs> so I bought a pack of those pins. Uh-huh. 
And so anytime I went to a store, if someone challenged me on whether my money was real, mm -hmm. then I would mark all the change they gave me back. That is. I would keep, <laughs> keep my pins <laughs> in my pocket. And if they marked my bill, I marked everything they gave me back. <laughs> you do you, man. You do. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. It annoys me because it's like you're, you know, you're being accused of something. Yeah, as if like, as if the 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 cans of Coke or the Thanksgiving groceries you're getting tonight are going to be like, aha, I've got them now. I have my counterfeit money to buy my groceries. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> that is so true. Uh, there's a couple more elements to to this story. Uh, talking about to. Uh, I, I think overall with Rogue One, and then I've got a couple questions for Mr. Scott Rifen uh, mm. about Star Wars. You like the Star Wars? Uh, no, um, and and we're gonna talk all about that. But I do, I want to take a moment today to uh, to thank today's sponsor for Star Wars tonight, and that is Geek Fuel. Now, Geek Fuel, what they are is a monthly subscription box that you yourself can subscribe to, and they surprise you every month. They ship you a mystery box. It's for you, the geeks, gamers, and Star Wars fans of the universe. And uh, with each box comes five to seven unique geeky items, a t-shirt, and if you go to geekfuel.com slash Star Wars Report, that's geekfuel.com slash Star Wars Report, you will get your free bonus Star Wars item. Uh, and uh, that's that's absolutely free with your first box, at least ten dollars value. Each box is uh, fifty bucks value guaranteed, all for fifteen bucks plus shipping and handling uh, per month. Make sure you get uh, it's a great Christmas present. I know it's that time of year to start thinking about it. So if you're like the if you're thinking about well, Riley has every Star Wars thing, uh, to which my answer is always no, I don't. Uh, but also, if you're trying to think of like a, a Christmas present for your loved ones who are geeks, uh, Geek Fuel is a great, great option. Make sure you check them out and get your free bonus Star Wars item at geekfuel.com slash Star Wars Report. Now, uh, Scott, I, I, I want to touch on... Uh, I, I can't wait for the soundtrack. It's hard to believe. If I go to how many days until starwars.com, one of my favorite sites that I do each night, we are now uh, 22 days a scant three weeks and one day until the release of wow. uh, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Man, it's, it is just wow. passing fast. Like, like, I, it used, like killing someone else's community. This is just killing the last month of this year, uh, <laughs> counting down. Although I kind of think of the year ending with Star Wars, not with Christmas anymore. Because like, yeah, yeah, Christmas, we get mm. together, exchange presents, say hi to everybody, great. I'm waiting for this. Like, this is a big deal, man. Like, this is why I'm counting down to Star Wars with a podcast. Forget Christmas. We arrive at that day. That's, that's time to go. You've got reaction podcasts to record. You've got think pieces to write. you got to read Bresnikin's breakdown. you got to listen to all your favorite shows and what they thought of the movie. And then one, question your very soul and critical thinking capability when you disagree with all of them. Uh, that's what, that's what Star Wars releasing every year is for me. So Scott, now that we are 22 days out, uh, where are you on Rogue One? Where am I on where Rogue are you? One? Yeah. I am 22 days away from Rogue One. Are I, you? Might, I might be, yeah, I'm a full 22 days away. This is actually one, uh, I'm not going to be able to hit the first show, unfortunately. Oh, oh, that oh, pains I my know. heart. I, I would feel awful about it if not for the fact that it took me two months to be able to see the first film. Ah, uh, so well, true. It, 
took a couple of weeks to be able to see the second one. So yeah. So you know. but so what's uh, you you busy you doing something Thursday? You uh, uh Mama needs her money. Ah. Uh, and uh, that's trivia night. So Gotcha. I got to go I got to go make the rent. Gotcha. But I do have the day off on the 16th on Friday. Which is also my wedding anniversary and I can think of no better way to spend my <laughs> wedding anniversary. No way. Then to hand my hey. wife the check that I earned the night before, and then see Star Wars. So, so like, how does this? How does this? Has this conversation taken place? How does this? Uh, how does this work? Me and inquiring oh, minds want to know. Ongoing. The conversation's ongoing. Oh, ongoing. Uh, yeah. Can we never ending? Can ever I just present. like call you a couple times a week live on the show just to get an update on how this is working? Oh out? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that needs to be a thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's so true. All right, all right, and then uh, see it with me. I promise you. Oh, excellent. I, I, I. Hmm. Yeah, this is gonna be good. I, this is gonna be interesting. I'm, I'm definitely interested in in how things proceed. Okay. Uh, I, I totally. I was so mad at myself because I literally just forgot on yesterday's episode to continue the tradition that I'm doing with each of our varied co-hosts. And unlike last year, I can't just. I can't just guarantee that everyone's coming back each week because we have so many different new co-hosts coming in all the time. Uh, so I just uh, forgot. Yeah. I missed my window. The elevator closed and that with the opportunity in it. And I just opened the other elevator in which I was in uh, opened. And that was Brian Brushwood yesterday. I didn't get to ask him these questions. But you know what? That's okay. Uh, we'll have him back on. Uh, I, I did remember today. So we're continuing this tradition on Star Wars tonight. I'm uh, gathering up some audio I'm going to be stitching together as a big end-of-year special uh, talking about Star Wars, but much more generally speaking. Uh, and I just want to kind of, as succinct as you want to or as eloquent as your talk radio soul would like you to go, uh, Scott, I have uh, yes. two questions for you, and they're different. Uh, I, one is di very different than the That's other. That's good. I would be pretty ticked off if you asked me the same question twice. <laughs> Although people so. tend to give me the, I have had a few of the same answers for the different questions. Anyway, really? that's, that's what, well, similar, similar. We'll say this. Uh, what makes Star Wars special? Broadly speaking to the impact on our culture, in Scott's opinion, uh, what do you think makes Star Wars special? Oh, and this is where I'm supposed to talk about mythology and all that other stuff. I, I can't great. This because, is going great. because before Star Wars became mythology and a big family saga, it already took over the culture. Uh, it already owned us. You know, I, I, I spend a lot of time as six year old me. Yeah. <laughs> Large segments of most days. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, six year old me didn't know anything. Six year old me. In fact, just to not today, last week. You know what I got in the mail just last uh, week? Uh-oh. We, I think we're about to see it on the on the live video feed, ladies and gentlemen. It's the 78 gajillionth time I've bought these books. Oh, wow. It's the original Marvel stuff. It's the paperback epic collection of the original Marvel. Right. That is amazing. I just bought it in hardback from Marvel. I bought it digitally from Dark Horse. I bought it in two different sets of trade paperbacks from Dark Horse. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Um, you know, so, so, you know, when I see Star Wars, I see this and what I see is there's an unparalleled sense of imagination and there's an unparalleled sense that we can make this real. One thing Star Wars did, I mean, let's, let's, let's get away from the mythological underpinnings and all that other good stuff. And let's talk about 
the fact that when we were kids, when we saw science fiction stuff on television or in the movies, we knew it was fake. We could tell it was fake. We could tell how it was fake, but we still enjoyed it because we had imagination. Yeah. And what Star Wars did for us as as kids, what Star Wars did for six-year-old me was it put that on the screen and said, oh, by the way, try and figure out how this is fake. And it made us kind of a generation of film tech geeks. You know, the kids on the playground didn't just know Solo and Skywalker and Chewie and Leia and Vader. Oh, Vader. And they also knew John Dykstra and Ralph McQuarrie. And, you know, they, they knew Ben Burt. You know, they knew those names, too, because these are the people that put this stuff together. John Dykstra was a superstar. Man, when they hired him to do Battlestar Galactica, it's like, wait, he's doing Star Wars on TV now. It's the same thing. It's yeah. Star Wars on TV. Dude, even to me, like, the the fact that I got to interview him, uh, not John Dykstra, but uh, what's... Ah, see, now this is why... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you're saying. But, but so so for us... For for six-year-old me, you know, there wasn't any mythology and there wasn't a big family saga. For six-year-old me, Star Wars was a statement that you can be wildly imaginative and bring it all to life. And that meant something. Yeah. No, exactly. And Phil Tippett, that's who I was thinking of. And the fact that I got to Phil interview Phil Tippett just uh, amazes me to this day. It should. Um, and and it's uh it's man, that is that is an excellent, excellent point in a different dimension that people haven't talked about as uh, as much and a much needed uh commentary. But which brings me to our second question, Scott, and that is uh how has Star uh, Star Wars impacted you? What's your Star Wars story? <laughs> <laughs> that seems unfair. <laughs> um how has Star Wars impacted me? Hang on a second, let me uh <laughs> as Scott looks around the room at the litany of books and comics and collectibles and picks up his X-Wing and uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Startot fake, uh, uh, fake prototype Startot um, a, a Luke Skywalker Startot we've just witnessed yeah. a, a tour a tour de force of the of the Rife Home studio oh no oh no you haven't <laughs> um Star Wars. All right, I'm going to tell this. I'm going to tell this, and this is going to take a few minutes. But you uh, know what? You asked. So I, I, I did. Um, when my brother came home and showed me the Reed magazine of Star Wars, you know, you don't remember Reed magazine, do you? They didn't have that when you were no, a kid. no. So you didn't go to school in America at that age. No, no. I'm out of the you loop, man. The tell me all about it. Right at love. Uh, there, there was a little, like a little, almost flyer-sized magazine called Schol Read by Scholastic. You know Scholastic. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was, you know, this this the cover story was Star Wars. You know, is this the greatest film of all time? I didn't know because I never heard of it. My brother brings it home and said, this is going to be the best film ever. And uh, we, you know, so we started drooling over this and waiting for it. And I remember going on vacation that summer. And, and again, Star Wars... You guys don't remember this whole – it's not available everywhere on the first day. Wait, it wasn't? Star Wars took months to roll out. Do you know when Star Wars came to Brunswick, Georgia? Uh, it was like May, right? End of May latest, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. How about July 29th, 1977? Wow. Took two months and four days 
for it to make its way to Brunswick. And, you know, we're in anticipation because we're hearing about this. We're, you know, it's starting to show up on television. Uh, I remember going on vacation and there was this Warren magazine that was all Star Wars. And I begged my parents to get it for me. And they did. And I devoured it and devoured it and devoured it until the movie finally came to town. And when it came to town, it was, you know, I had put on it a lot of expectation. And by the time I walked out of that theater, oh, yeah, we showed up early for the first screening that we were going to go to because my mom's never late for anything. Yeah. And the show, the previous screening wasn't over. So I want to go in there. I'm hearing the Death Star battle. Oh. <laughs> the, the music, the screaming, the explosions. Yep. And I'm going, we got to go in there and watch it. No, you can't. We didn't pay to go see that film. <laughs> we paid to see the next one. And back then also, another thing you probably don't remember or know, uh, a, a lot of movie theaters, they didn't have doors on the theaters. Oh, wow. They had like a like a partition, like a wall that you walked in the front entrance of the theater and then walked around the partition into the theater. And I guess so nobody could stand in the doorway and watch the movie. I don't know. But, or to block the – probably to block the, the light from people yeah, walking yeah. in. Um, so we had to sit out there and the, the sound was just gushing out. And we're sitting there and I'm listening to this and I'm dying. Use the force, Luke. Oh, my goodness. What's going Let on? Go. What's happening? Please, Mom, let me go in. And uh, and we go in, and everything her objection that I had built just, up in my head. Just to clarify, huh? her, her objection wasn't that it would spoil the movie. It was that you had not paid for it. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> we had paid to see the, you know, the whatever 2 o'clock show, and this was the noon show or whatever, the 11 show. And we'd paid to see the other show. We weren't going in to see a movie and a half. We were going to see one movie. That's my mom. And uh, when I saw it, I went in there, and and I will tell you that when I walked out, everything that I had expected it to be, it was, and more. And I walked out, and I said to my brother, I said, I will never see a better movie than this ever. And he said, No, you don't know that. You're you know you're six years old. What do you know? And I said, No, I know. I just know. And that was the way it was for a lot of us. And so you know what a Star Wars meant. I was there. It, it's always meant that, um, you know, during the dark times for everybody else. Yeah. I was still there, uh, which actually made it nice because the very few things they put out, you could actually go buy because there wasn't that much of it. So you, you can get everything <laughs> that came out that year pretty much. Um, so what has Star Wars meant? It is it has been. It's been a message to me that if you as Walt Disney says, if you dream it, you can do it. Um, it's why I have. Would, will you will you bear with me for just another moment here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, above my desk where I do most of my writing and creating and all of that when I'm doing things, I have this poster. Mm -hmm. And that is a Drew Struzan poster. It's the cover wow. of uh, George Lucas' The Creative Impulse. Yes, I love and the that. reason the reason I have that above my desk where I write and where I do you know programming and edit podcasts and you know everything that I do I have that because you've got an image of George Lucas and he's surrounded by all of these products of his imagination and it's a reminder to me of the power of imagination and that's what Star Wars is and has always been for me wow so true uh, well said sir I couldn't have said it better Thanks. myself uh and 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 unique because you know what Star Wars is special beyond just the large mythological connotation. It can it it is it is beautiful sometimes in its own simplicity. 
And that's one thing I've uh, really grown to appreciate, especially uh, having had the opportunity and pleasure of talking about uh, the wars with you, Scott. So for <laughs> sure, it's been an absolute blast. We're getting ready to wrap up the show, but ladies and gentlemen, oh! but before we do, uh, I, I do not want to forget uh, and thank everyone who's directly supporting the program uh, via Patreon. Uh, in fact, I want to thank today's new patron. We have had so many people jumping on, chipping in a couple bucks here and there to support this nightly live countdown podcast, as well as the Star Wars Report podcast. So huge thanks to everyone, but a big, big old personal shout out to, uh, to Bobby, who just jumped on today. Bobby, we salute you. Thank you so much for supporting the programming here uh, and what we do. If you guys are interested, make sure you do so. Uh, chip in a few bucks here and there. We've got some different rewards and levels. Most importantly, this entire month and all through the end of the year, we're doing Star Wars tonight, and that's and and we've got some bonus content. In fact, we're doing Friday shows. Our get our Friday bonus show on uh, Patreon, and it's for anyone who pledges at any level. Uh, and that's just as a way of thanking you guys for supporting us and continuing the content. Speaking of continuing the content, coming up tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day. Do you think we stop? No. <laughs> I, it may be <laughs> 9 a.m. in the morning when I'm recording it, but we're bringing in a Brit because, like, when no one else is able to show up. You call Mark Newbold across the Ooh. pond. So from Jedi News tomorrow, Star Wars Tonight's live special time. If you if you're with your family and you're hating it, uh, then all you have to do is just 9 a.m. tune in live tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and uh, there you go. We fixed Thanksgiving. You're welcome. Um, also, uh, and then of course uh, we've got the bonus Friday show as well. And then next week, next week we have the return of the Mac, Jimmy Mac makes his Star Wars Tonight uh, debut, of course, from Rebel Force Radio and a few other really cool guests we have in the hopper. Uh, we've got some really, really great stuff. And by next week, man, like after the Thanksgiving break, it's going to be December. And when it's December, it's like it's like 10 days out. It's, it's like no time, no time at all. So uh, we really just appreciate everyone who's supporting the supporting us and just listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, Scott, where can folks find you online? Everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, I'm at Rifen. I'm at uh, My Star Wars Story. I'm at Dinner for Geeks. I am. Uh, all of those podcasts exist still, even though I'm kind of operating on them very, very slowly because of all the other commitments I've got right now. And uh, if you if you dig some uh, pointed political commentary uh, that probably you won't agree with, uh, that will be <laughs> on 1440 WGIG on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, there you go. Straight talk. Weekday mornings. Uh, what time? 7 to 10. 7 to 10. 7 to 10. 7 to 10. Eastern. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Scott, thank you so much. We will uh, throw up the old links for uh, my Star Wars story and, of course, the Twitter in the show notes for this episode 40 of Star Wars Tonight. Uh, also, even if you're not able to support us uh, directly uh, via Patreon, another great way to do it is uh, through iTunes. So make sure that you head over to starwarsreport.com slash iTunes, or just simply go to the iTunes store and search for Star Wars Tonight. It really helps, especially in this kind of seasonal podcast in the next few days, in the next few weeks. Every single iTunes review makes a big difference. Uh, that puts the wraps on this episode. Uh, make sure you follow us. It's at Star Wars Tonight. I'm, of course, at the Riley Guy across all the platforms. And you know what? A final May the Force be with you. You know what it's about. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Tonight. Remember, the opinions expressed here are not the opinions of Scott Rifen or Riley Blanton, although you would think they would be, but they're not. 
And remember, when inevitably Alexandria just flat backs out of your movie, there's one man to call. And that's Michael. Giacchino. Giacchino. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the video version of this is so much better. Uh, and that uh, wraps it up. Uh, let me shut off the old uh, broadcast and uh, and recording. And uh, and man, we're we're done. Thanks everybody. <coughs> All right, that's it. We're out. We're out. We're off. Okay. I, I don't know if I got through that explanation or not, but here here's I guess part of what I was trying to say. Star Wars was what it is to me before it became a big mythological sprawling family saga. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. So I can't say that's what the appeal is because it sure. appealed in the same way far before that. You know, when when uh, Luke was still chasing after Leia in the Marvel comics and in Splinter <laughs> of the Mind's Eye, it was it was what it is. Yeah. To me. Uh so, you know, I I can't Go back and and go go into the, all the scholarly stuff. Sure, as yeah. To why it has the appeal it has? Because I think it's something deeper than that. No, I I I couldn't agree more. No, that's so true. Uh, I'm surprised. I, I I'm excited to have Jimmy back on. That's great. I'm glad he did it.